Complexity is the worst enemy of security. Instead of doing what I should be doing, which is actually using the shit I know how to use the way I should use it, you're telling me I need to buy more shit, make more complexity. So add more things to an environment I already don't understand. And that's policy. Welcome to Audience First, a podcast for tech marketers looking to break out of the echo chamber to better understand their audience and turn them into loyal customers. Every week, Danny Wolf has brutally honest conversations with busy tech buyers about what really motivates them, the things they hate that vendors do, and what you can do about it. Get access to practical information on how to build authentic relationships with your audience. Listen to and talk with your buyers and apply real customer insights to your strategies and tactics. You owe it to the world to unmute your mic. Are you ready? Yeah, it just, it stuck with me because I thought I, I cracked up. Ryan's like, yeah, we could, you know, we're here, you know, gonna make friends and we gotta help people. And, he, and you were just like, I don't want any friends. <laughs> Oh my goodness. And yeah, I'm like, yes, okay, well, we need to talk to him. Yeah, you, you can call bullshit on that. I actually like friends. I like people who are in the you know, in this industry for the right reasons. You know, I don't yeah. I don't have any tolerance for people who are in this. I mean, at the end of the day, it's about, you know, I hate I hate seeing people get taken advantage of. Period. It doesn't matter if it's with information security, doesn't matter if it's somebody walking down the street, doesn't matter what it is. You know, we're here to love people and protect people. And, you know, and you come off like you're a badass, but at the end of the day, you're a big softy and you just, you know, you love people. What is it about these, like, uh, I don't know, like powerhouse, right? Like these leading vendors that pisses you off. Well, I think fundamentally you're not in the game for the right reason. This is a service industry. It doesn't matter what, you know, if you got all these products or whatever you do, you know, this is a service industry. We're here to protect people. We're not here to, you know, sell them a bunch of goods unless the goods are actually there to protect people. And I think sometimes you cross a line when, um, you know, R2 Wolf is great at, you know, take them or Accenture. They're fun. Uh, I was in a, um, Occasionally, they invite me to, what was it, Blue Ribbon Commission for the state of Minnesota. Um, and it was, it was first, Dell was first, and then it was Accenture, and it was me. And it was good that I was going last because, I, you know, it's always nice to play cleanup because, you know, I can rip on their other stuff. And so Dell was preaching zero trust. You know, I got nothing wrong with zero trust as long as you know what that is and you know how to do it. And then uh, Accenture, you know, same kind of thing, zero trust. And they had these slides, man. They were so slick. It was like, wow, I can want to buy all of that. Like, I don't care what my budget is. I'll find budget for this. And then um, it came to me. So one of the questions that, you know, they're preaching zero trust and this, the CISO for the state of Minnesota, which is really attending. Great guy, really good dude. Um, he asked Accenture, well, okay, so say I'm interested in Zero Trust, where do I start? And the guy had no answer. I was like, mm -hmm. I mean, how the fuck can you not answer that question? 
So, you know, being that I'm clean up, I hurried up and added a slide to my deck, you know, where to start with Zero Trust. Because, you know, it's the basics. It's the fundamentals. We're still, you know, I'm, I've been in this industry for 30 years. We're still doing the same shit. What really matters is, I think, understanding what a person's motive is and where they come from. Yeah. Uh, we do the CISP mentor program. We started that in 2010 with six students. It's free, 100%. Like, free. No strings attached. I don't, we don't want a dime. We don't want any, we don't want anything. And we started in 2010 with six students. Last year, we had 6,500 students sign up. This year, they're telling me that we'll have 10,000. But the point is on that is uh, we want you. We, we want you in this industry. We need you. Uh, what we need is people who will stand up to the bullshit. You know, and going back to solar winds, one of the things that was really bullshit on that was uh, Kevin Mandia, there was a Senate hearing that came after that. And I, and I pay attention to the Senate hearings because usually um, policy comes out of that. And so Kevin Mandia, uh, the Microsoft president, and then George Kurtz, the uh, president of uh, CrowdStrike, were in this hearing. It was those guys. And then um, the new CEO for uh, uh, SolarWinds was there. And Senator Wyden out of Oregon had a great question. It was beautiful. I mean, I was like cheering him on as I'm watching the video. He said, uh, essentially, you know, organizations, you know, many organizations were affected, but one organization in particular wasn't, and that was the IRS. And the IRS wasn't affected because they were controlling egress traffic on the firewall. And the way you should, right? I mean, that's how way firewalls work. I grew up a network guy back in the 91, 2. I was a Cisco guy back then. He said, you know, and there's been guidance forever, right? From NIST, from NSA on how you're supposed to actually use a firewall, right? Ingress and egress. So, so uh, IRS, you know, use SolarWinds and um, they weren't affected by this. And the reason why they weren't affected by this because they were con controlling egress traffic, and so there was no command and control. So the question then to this group of experts, right, who represent our industry, four of them, big names, big powerful people, was if somebody had configured a firewall correctly, would they have mitigated this attack? Yes or no? And he even said that, yes or no. And so the first one to answer the question was Mandia, Kevin Mandia, which, you know, I respect the guy, but he sold out. He sold out for the money. I, yeah, shit. Now we got Google buying him. Um, this was before Google. And so Kevin says, it depends. And, I, and it, I'm a guy that when you tell me yes or no, it's a yes or no. It's not, a, it depends. It doesn't make any sense. So it says it depends. And, and, and the reason why is, you know, FireEye has done over, you know, 600 pen tests last year and never once did a firewall stop us. And so I'm yelling at the screen now. I'm like, that wasn't the fucking question. The question was, was a properly configured firewall, would that have stopped this attack? And the answer is 100% yes. 
Absolutely. There's no fucking question about that. It's binary. And so he says it depends. And then he goes on to tell blah, 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 you know, sell Mandia, sell YRI, whatever he's doing. And then at the end, he says, in theory, what you're saying is true, but it's operationally cumbersome. And so what I heard was, so doing things right is cumbersome now? I mean, why would I ever, why would I install a firewall if I don't know how to use a fucking firewall? And that's, and that's kind of the mentality we're on right now. It's, you go ahead and keep buying shit. It doesn't matter if you know how to use it. Just buy it. Just keep buying it, buying it, buying it, and adding it to your environment. And complexity is the worst enemy of security. So instead of doing what I should be doing, which is actually using the shit I know how to use the way I should use it, you're telling me I need to buy more shit, make more complexity. So add more things to an environment I already don't understand. And that's policy. You know, that's at, you know, that's the U.S. Senate. It's like, oh, my God, we are so screwed. You know, if people would just get rid of half of the shit they have in their environment and learn how to use what they do have responsibly, we'd be in a great, you know, great spot. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm preaching now. That's fascinating to me. No, no, no. That's fascinating to me. I mean. I, I'm always one to say a tool is a tool. If you don't know how to use it, it's absolutely fucking useless. <clears throat> and, you know, it's true. I can't even tell you how much I've spent on marketing tools and they're just kind of sitting there burning my budget. One, we don't have bandwidth. And two, it's like we just weren't ready right now at I mean, this stage. A lot of us have learned this from our own experience, right? I don't think I didn't make my own mistakes. You know, what yeah. I want people to do is to learn from our mistakes. Why would you repeat the same mistakes right. I've already made? I mean, I'm telling you the truth. Mm-hmm. I have a reputation of telling you the truth. You know, I called out on the Security Shit Show tonight, you know, a challenge. You know, on two fronts. Number one, have I ever given you shitty advice? Ever. If I have, tell me about it. Because the last thing I want to do is give shitty advice. And I obviously didn't know. And two, is the advice I'm giving you in your best interest or mine? Mm -hmm. If you can find any evidence of either one of those as being true, please let me know. I don't think you will, but that's why I'm here. Mm -hmm. You're deep in security. You're behind the keyboard. You're fighting for a cause. What's your one bleeding neck challenge? It's been the same it's been the same challenge for, I don't know, 15, 20 years. It's getting people to speak the same language. You know, we talk about information security. Ask all the, the Fortune 100 CISOs, give me your definition of information security. Let's just start there. I mean, that is about as basic and fundamental as I can make this. And you get different definitions. Everybody's got a different definition, you know. And then we went from, Information security, now we couldn't even call it cybersecurity. Well, it's different. They're not the same thing. And then that was maybe too many syllables. So then we went to cyber, just called cyber. What the fuck is cyber? I mean, it's not even close to the same thing as what I started at. So um, it's that same thing. And, and I, you know, in the basic shit, like I can't manage what I can't measure. 
So how are you measuring information security? Most people aren't. Well, then how the hell are you managing it? I mean, what are you doing? How are you justifying your expenditures? Are you just going with the last thing you heard or the last thing you read? Because um, it's not good enough. You need to treat this thing like it's a value to the business, not a cost center. How do we use this to make the business more money? How do we align with the mission? How do we demonstrate that? As a CISO, if I'm here and I'm not able to demonstrate and make it unquestionable that I'm providing value to the business, why the fuck am I here? And so it's it's that same sort of thing, you know, that we're still fighting 30 years into the game. And what are we doing? And I don't think most people know. Mm -hmm. I think the sad thing is a lot of people who get into this industry today are not getting into this industry for the wrong reason. I think they they don't know any better. They don't know they don't exactly know what it is they're in this industry for. I think a lot of people don't have a you know they're not as purposeful as as, as others. So they don't even know what their purpose is. You know, they just it's a it's a paycheck, right? Uh, for people that have yeah. been in this industry as long as you know me, Chris, and Ryan. This is mission. You know, we uh been around long enough, had enough, you know, I think earned enough wisdom, enough lumps that there's a purpose for it. You know, we don't need the money. Well, maybe we do, I don't know, but I I don't need the money. I need to help people. I mean, I, I can't just sit back and watch people make shitty decisions all the time. Yeah. And then there's people who sell out, right? You took look at like I'm not gonna mention any names, but Arctic Wolf. Um, you know, they started with a really good mission. You know, uh, Brian Neesmith is, a, you know, he's a friend. Uh, we've had dinner multiple times. And when he was starting Arctic Wolf, he came from Blue Coat. So Blue Coat was a company that he sold, you know, made a bunch of money and then decided he wanted to do Arctic Wolf. And when they first started, they were in it for the right reasons. You know, they had a great mission. It was, you know, we, we actually endorsed them here and they're headquartered here in minnesota and then somewhere between i don't know maybe b and f series of funding they sold their soul they're not in this game for mm -hmm. any reason anymore and you know so vc came in and they sold it out they sold out it happens a lot we're pressured as a marketer we're pressured to produce results quick, right? To show our financial strength for investor profits mm -hmm. at the expense of your experience. And this is exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing right now and having these discussions with you because it needs to change. And my hope is this will help just a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, one more marketer or a couple more SDRs will do things a little bit more morally and ethically and just slow it down a little bit and not sell your soul to that profit at all costs mindset, which is, which is killing this industry and it's killing my rep. It's killing my reputation. I had a huge issue before I launched this series. I was looking at specific um, CISOs and heads of security 
place marketers in a box as vermin. And I think that's completely unfair. Yeah. It's not fair because a lot of us want to do the right thing. A lot of us want to lean in and learn and, and figure out how to join this cause that you're trying to, you're trying to fight, right? Today I run two companies. So one is FR Secure. Uh, and that's, I don't know what the top line will be this year. I don't really pay attention to money very much. They don't report to me um, dollars. They report to me people. You know, because I'm more interested in how many people we help this year than we are in, than I am in dollars. Because like, I know the theory is always held true. If you focus on the mission, you will make money. If you focus on the money, you will not serve the mission. So it's, you know, for me, it's keeping my priorities straight all the time. Yeah. And I just gave a huge shout out to our marketing team at FR Secure because they've always done it with integrity. Mm -hmm. You know, we're a, a product agnostic consulting company. We don't sell product. We will never sell product. We will never represent product. We won't partner with product. Because our reputation has to stay true. When we tell you your firewall sucks, it's because it sucks. We're not trying to sell you one. And that's uh, always just, it's really, and that's the number one thing we hear from our customers that they appreciate about us is that we're product agnostic. And there's been so much, I think, um, uh, temptation, you know, along the way. Because, you know, I, I'd say, let's just say this year we'll probably be at 33 million in sales. You know, they're doing good. Wow. But, but we could easily, well, we're always that people that stand on the radar. We don't, we're not out there too much. But let's say that we decided we want to rep Cisco or we want to rep anybody. We could easily triple, triple that number. I mean, it's easy. Right, especially if we've already got if we've already got um, relationships with you. But then I told our president, who's uh, John Harmon, because he's he's asked me this, you know, multiple times. I said, "Dude, there's no amount of money you could give me. I'm still going to be sitting on the same damn beach. There's no amount of money you could give me to not have me think that I sold out. I won't sell out. I will die on this fucking hill." So. I don't know. It's, it's it's staying committed to that, you know. And then you end up yeah. looking like this because you take somebody take such a fucking beating. I want to shift into how you research for for products that you do want to use. So, um, I, take me a little bit through how you're researching a security product and how do you how do you go about separating good from bad. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of things. Um, people seem to overcomplicate just about everything. Um, so number one, simplify, right? And from that, identify what the actual problem is. What are we trying to solve? I think a lot of people go to market without even knowing what, they're, what problem they're trying to solve. You know, so asking the question, why? Okay, you say we need an MDR, an XDR, whatever we need, why? You know, why do we need that? And, uh, you know, so we start there, you know, why are we doing this? And then it's one of the big problems that many CISOs have is trying to put risk into context. 
that there's so many risks that we deal with, you know, across the entire spectrum of, you know, information security. Which one is the one? Right? Ideally, we'd be spending our time and money and effort on the most significant unacceptable risk. And so if we can't answer that, like what is the most significant unacceptable risk for us right now? Uh, and I don't want to go off of, you know, what the market tells me because I don't trust the market. I don't want to go after what marketers tell me because I don't trust marketers. I don't want to go after vendors because I don't trust vendors. I want to stay focused on us. Um, so that's, that's where you start. And then, you know, once you identify what the problem actually is that you're trying to solve, you know, how can, you know, how do we solve it? And so it's sitting down with, you know, people who are closest to it and, and uh, getting creative. You know, a lot of times we can solve problems without a new product. We can just solve problems with maybe a process change, um, you know, something like that. When it does come down to the fact that we need a product, we're usually educated enough at that point where we pretty much know what product we're looking for. We know the specs for the product. Um, and we go to market like that, as opposed to what I think most people do, where most people are just like, hey, market, tell me what I need. You know, we know what we need. And that's so fundamental to information security. The better you know yourself, the better you're going to be able to secure yourself. So eventually you have to get here anyway. So why not take the time to do it now? You know, I know I have a zit. Well, I need to treat the zit. So let's go get zit stuff. You know, I mean, as opposed to, you know, I need to take an antibiotic. Why the hell would I be taking an antibiotic? Um, mm -hmm. So that's that's the approach we take. And then when you find that, you know, if you if you know yourself even well enough, it's an obvious choice. You've probably got to narrow down to maybe two, three options in the market. You know, then it's it's trial it out, right? Because uh, I think a, another problem that people run into is they don't realize how much it's going to take to actually run the product we bought. You know, we see that over and over again. And I've fallen for that one. You know, I used to work for a, my last real job was the CISO for a, you know, $4 billion pharmaceutical company. And they have this wonderful mission. You know what I mean? And maybe this is part of why I'm so passionate about our mission. They sold that. The name of the company was MGI Pharma, and they sold this drug called Meloxi. Meloxi was a drug that would um, treat adverse effects of chemotherapy. So if you had chemotherapy, you know, and you, you were getting uh, nauseous and everything, you'd take Meloxi and it would you know, help you. So it's such a wonderful mission. And without it, people would stop taking chemo. You know, quality of life would go down and they'd die. And so the whole company was so aligned with this mission and me being the CISO, uh, I'm bought in. I mean, I want to treat, I want to help as many people as possible. How the hell would you want people to suffer with that? So um, doing what I do with security, you know, there was, this was like when network access control was becoming a thing, you know, it was new. Nobody knew what network mm -hmm. access control was. I was like, oh, this is sweet as hell. I mean, I'm a network guy. I, I get this. So I went and bought it. Yeah. I went and bought this, Thing. Uh, it was like $250,000. And this was back in 2005. So it was that was a lot of money then. And uh, bought it, 
plugged it in, started like configuring it. It's like, oh shit, this is going to take a lot of time. And I'm going to need probably a, at least one FTE to run this. And I don't have budget for one FTE. So long story short, what ended up happening is it became software. It just sat there. And then I was really hard on myself uh, because I felt like I just stole $250,000, a quarter million dollars from our mission. It's a quarter million dollars that can no longer be spent on helping people, getting them this awesome drug. Um, and I wish more CISOs felt like that. I wish more CISOs felt the weight of the decisions they make because you work for a company that has a mission. And when you misspend dollars, uh, you, you steal from the mission. It's money that can't be spent on it anymore. That is absolutely powerful. And it gets me to thinking, how can we create on the vendor side, how can we create that experience more meaningfully so that you can make the decisions you need quickly and easily without stealing from you, essentially stealing your time, stealing your money. Wow. That's powerful. Well, and at the end of the day, man, it's all about people. You know, I have a saying I use all the time. Information yeah. security is not about information or security as much as it's about people. People suffer when we make the wrong call and people um, people are the cause of it too, you know? So, and I don't fault marketers who, because you can always tell a marketer whose heart is in the right place versus a marketer who's just wants to sell you shit. You know, and the way you can tell that is when a marketer actually asks me, you know, what are you working on? What kind of problems are you trying to solve? You know, I'm, they inquire more versus, yeah, I got a solution. Well, do you even know if that's my problem? Or are you creating a problem for me that I wasn't thinking about? Because I know myself pretty well, but now you're telling me I got this thing. Um, so I would, I, I mean, I, I love the fact that you're going to take it back to, you know, your team and, and think about that stuff. But I think just the fact that you're inquiring about it speaks volumes to who you are. You know, I mean, it builds trust. Yeah. There's three things you need to build, you know, to get customers in this industry. You need trust, credibility, and likability. And as long as you can establish those three things, you'll, you know, you'll kick ass. I struggle on yeah. the likability because I'm I tell the truth too much, and people are like, "Whoa, we didn't want the truth, Evan." You know, I mean, I get the trust and credibility thing. That's cool, but keep your mouth shut. Another theme or facet to those three is is honesty. So um, we need more of that today in, in the industry and more of that amongst ourselves because a lot of us like to lie to ourselves and keep doing the same old shit that's just not going to move the needle for anyone. So that's my opinion. And. I, I think doing this, some some are going to throw shade at me. Some are going to unsubscribe, but I'm not looking to please everyone. I'm looking to please the people that actually care. I think lo the longer you spend in something, the more you gain wisdom, right? It's not it's not anything yeah. magical. If you live long enough, you just have, you happen to end up with observing things that happen, you know? And so for the people who mm -hmm. are happy being whatever they do it does eventually catch up with you you know we've seen it happen before um and if you're fine i mean if that's the way you want to live 
I, I actually don't, you know, I don't go after you too much. I, the ones I go after are the big players, right? It's the focus on what we're here for. And what we're here for is not mm-hmm. just to take money, right? You'll make money if you do things right. And even the biggest players, right? I mean, the biggest players in our industry, what, what percent of the market do they actually have? You know, when you talk about the total addressable market, you know, take the United States, right? You know, small, take business, just business. We're not even going to talk consumer because they've totally been neglected. Fuck the consumer. They don't, they don't count because they don't have enough money. Uh, it takes, you know, small to mid-sized business, right? There's, say, I mean, it depends on what numbers you read, six, seven million of them. And so you do the math, the biggest players in our industry are maybe single digit percentage right they're not dominating there's no dominator you hear about them because they're like the biggest name but the so what that tells you when you look at like you hear like mandian or you hear FireEye, or you hear google or you hear whoever the hell you want to talk about they're the biggest name in our industry but then when you put it in perspective that's the problem we all suffer from they've only got five percent of the market and so what we end up doing is we end up fighting and kicking each other's ass over a market that's already being served meanwhile the underserved market just sits there and flounders why don't we try to figure out a way to actually go address that underserved market because if you can figure out how to do that and do that well you'll kick the other one's ass right because how many times we've seen in our industry where companies start serving the small to mid-sized business and then they they exit that market to go serve the enterprise. Because that's how, I mean, honestly, that's how FR Secure has made their $30 million a year. We don't leave that market. We we want to serve the underserved. Uh, the enterprise, well, that's a shit show anyway. Why would anybody want to go there? Oh, my God, the yeah. politics. Oh, my God. I've been there so long. Yeah. I don't want to talk to him. Actually, one of my one of my best friends is uh, Pat Joyce. He's the CISO for uh, Medtronic. He looks better, you know. He's 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 all proper and shit. But man, he's he's a great <laughs> leader. I I love that guy so much because he's such a good leader. Uh, but it's just uh, yeah, the politics he has to deal with because they got a new CIO over there not too not too long ago, and it was like. Oh, man, I feel bad for you. All right, we're going to take it to have some some more fun right now. I want to do, I have a little game. Let's play the game. I, I the win. Shitless quick do I get fire. to win? Do I get to win? Yeah, you, you always win. Yeah, you do. You do. I love myself. Always. Um, so I, I, I call it the shitless quick fire. It's anonymous, though a lot has not been anonymous on this call, which is awesome. But I may uh, bleep some out. What's the one worst thing you've experienced from a vendor? The one worst thing. Hmm. They're going on the list and it's going to be a nice long one. And everyone's going to see it. Okay, I'll give you one thing, not one vendor, one instance. Uh, But over the years, I've probably, you know, a few hundred incident responses. You know, and I'm always the guy in the background, right? Most people don't know I was the guy in the target special litigation committee 
and I was the guy. Yeah, there's a lot of weird things that I do. And the one thing I hear over and over and over again, and it's very very common, is I thought we, we I thought we were protected against that. Uh, which is it's heartbreaking to hear that, you know, when you really understand what that means. What that means is they had a false sense of security. They thought that they had something, and they didn't. And I think, you know, from my own experience, it's better to have no security than it is to have a false sense of security because at least when I have no security, I know I have no security. When I have a false sense of security, I'm lying to myself. I think, you know, I'm covered on this. Uh, and that happens for a couple of reasons. I think, you know, vendors sell people things under false premise, right? This can protect you from whatever, and it can't, right? So it's just... It's just not capable of doing that. And there's no accountability for that. You know, the FTC here in the United States is supposed to hold you accountable for false advertising, but they don't uh, when it comes to cybersecurity. So you're kind of left on your own to do that vetting yourself. Uh, so one is, it, it's, not, it's not capable of doing what you said it can do. And the other is, which is more common is, yeah, it, it can do that, but you have to configure it correctly, and nobody told you how to do that. Nobody told you that you had to click this or click that or change this, change that. And so the vendor sold it and then moved on, right? They got the sale and they moved on because they're incented that way, right? It's, it's uh, you know, they got their quota, and, you know, if you can't figure out how to use it, that's your problem, not mine. And that's yeah. the mentality. And we're on the other side of that, right? So we get the, you know, we get so many incident response calls and the most, it's top five for sure, most common comments in that incident response is I thought we were protected about it, you know, from that. The other one we get really, really often is, um, <laughs> believe it or not, What's that system? I, I I don't even know what that system is. You know, the system was compromised. I didn't even know it was there. Let's go back to the first, the over-promise, under-deliver. What would the alternative look like, the good enough look like for you, where you would say, okay, all right, I got you. Let's go through this and continue successfully, yeah. keyword. Yeah, so it would have to be something. So I have a problem, and you need to demonstrate to me as the vendor how you solve my problem. You need to do so transparently, right? I don't want magic and mirrors. I had one vendor tell me, and Ryan and, and, and Chris and I laugh about this all the time because I was invited to, to help vet a vendor. And the guy said, uh, you know, he's telling about his product and blah, 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 blah. And in the middle of all this stuff about how he's touting his product, he said something that I don't think anybody else caught, but I, you know, I did. He said, invisible processes. And so I let him finish this, you know, talking. And then I was like, all right, hold up, man. I, it sounds like a great product. I mean, wow, that's badass. Tell me about these invisible processes. How, do, how does that work? And he you know, obviously didn't have an answer because that's not a thing. And, uh, and so I was like, you know, I was, I was called here. And I don't know if I was supposed to be like politically correct with you or anything, but you're full of shit. There's no invisible processes. That, that's not a thing. Explain to me how your product works. 
explain to me how it will solve the problem that I have, and then help me partner with me, help me implement it and use it effectively. So those would be the things that I'd be looking for in a partner. You know, don't give me any, any of the marketing hype. I don't need any more damn buzzwords. I mean, shit, people don't understand the buzzwords you're using today. So why would you keep using them? Well, and the reason why I keep using them is because it sounds sophisticated and, you know, we can be non-transparent and sell people more stuff. And that's the point. But, uh, you know, for me, on, on, on my perspective and people that I represent, it's here's my problem. Solve my problem. Tell me how you're going to solve my problem and be transparent. And, and God help you if you lie to me. No excuse for that. Zero. I don't understand that. My father was a 20-year Marine. And I'm an only child, so yeah. If he heard some of the stuff, if I did some of the stuff that these people do in our industry, my dad would beat the shit out of me. There's no way. I mean, it's just I don't get it. When you lie to them, you, you mm. don't tell them the full truth because there's two types of lies that, and I want people to understand that. There's the lies of commission, and then there's lies of omission. A lie of commission is like yeah. I'm not going to tell you a lie. And omission is I didn't tell you something I was supposed to tell you. Let's flip it on its head. I like to champion those who do good things. So who who's done something like what vendor and what is that one thing they've done that has made you feel good? That's even a tougher question. Um, yeah. Well, there's a small one. I mean, a lot of them are small players because the bigger players seem to just dominate them. They, they, as soon as, you, as soon as you start doing something good, they either just squash you or buy you. Um, you know, obviously the companies that, that I represent, you know, I think I won't tolerate it. There's a rule at both companies that if you ever sell the customer something they don't need, I will run you over with my truck. You know, and I drive an F-250, so I can get over some big people. I was going to ask, what what's the truck? <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's 100%. There's zero tolerance for that because it totally defeats the mission. The mission is to fix the broken industry, not to make money. We will make money, focus on the mission. So obviously, you know, FR Secure and Security Studio would be on that list. But uh, people we partner with, Ostra, there's a company nobody's ever probably even heard of, Ostra, O-S-T-R-A, that... Uh, you know, when you talk to their CEO, it's almost like you're talking to me. I'm like, dude, I, I did you. I like you. Uh, and it is 2022, so I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. I won't go there. Um, uh, geez, man, a lot of companies start out in the right spot. Even Arctic Wolf, you know, started off in the right spot. I think CrowdStrike started off in the right spot. Well, they just, they take those investments and then they have to answer for the dollars. Uh, and I get how that happens. That's why we've never taken investments. Uh, we took an investment actually in Secure Studio, but it was 10%. You can't have a controlling interest because I don't want to have to answer for those dollars above the mission. I don't want to have to, you know, give the return. Um, Cyber Six Skill, I, the fact that you reached out to me, the fact that you want to talk about these things and you want to talk about them openly, I think speaks volumes. Uh, I don't have customers today that are using cyber six skill but they'll be introduced to it that's great that's great i appreciate that i mean obviously that's not the the point is to 
is to get to know you better so that I could do things more meaningfully. Kudos to you. I mean, this is because long term, you are absolutely on the right path. Because you see where this ends. <laughs> no, you are. You you absolutely are. And I want to encourage you to stay on this path because people are getting tired of it. You know, the people I talk to, I work a lot right now with uh, state government. And what I'm hearing over and over again is uh, we don't want more products. We want solutions. Yeah. Solve problems yeah. for us. And, uh, mm. you know, so standing out from the noise, because, uh, you know, in our own companies, right, Security Studio and, and FR Secure, we're counterculture. We're not like the others. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really hard to find another consulting company that is product agnostic, that doesn't represent products. Yeah. And you build so much trust, even if you don't win right now on the front end, meaning getting the you know, customer acquisition, you will absolutely win on the churn rate. People will not leave yep. you. They will stay with you forever yep. uh, because they trust you. What would work with me is an understanding that you that you understand my problem, that you can solve my problem, and that you won't abandon yep. me. If you do those three things, uh, and don't try to create a problem for me. I've you know when you look at mm-hmm. people like me and the people you're trying to sell to, we got enough work. I don't need any more work. None yep. of us need any more work. Right. So coming and trying to create a problem for us. For me, it wouldn't work. You know, hey, Evan, there's this thing. Did you know about this? I'm like, maybe I did, maybe I didn't, but I don't give a shit. I'm busy. So I think, you know, being more altruistic, at the in the end of the day, it's going to win because mm-hmm. this is a service industry. I said that before. This isn't about products. It's not about um, how much money you can make. It's about serving people, right. solving the problems you know, protecting them better. And I have mm-hmm. seen enough about, you know, Cyber Six Guild to see, like, you got a hell of a product. And that's not a problem either, right? There's a hell of a lot of really hell of a good products that have, you know, really intriguing technology and, you know, for say AI, but, you know, that's a different thing. You know, but the, uh, lots of really good, innovative products but you're not solving a problem i have right now so i don't really care and the reason why you're not solving a problem i have right now is because i'm trying to keep things simple i don't want to have if i ever do encounter that problem well then i know where to go but ideally you'd keep me from having the problem in the first place right 100 percent. this is really special to me and if anything, I'd like to kind of sign off with, for me particular, and maybe some others listening in, if you're phasing in or if you're in the cybersecurity industry right now or want to phase into uh, the industry, what is your advice for those to learn more and become more literate and do things a little bit differently? Well, there's... Um... One, take your time, you know, uh, everybody's in such a damn rush, you know, everybody that gets into this industry wants to be a damn CISO next month and, you know, 
first of all, why in the hell do you want to be a CISO? That's, oh my God. I found myself there and I'm like, why the hell did I keep, keep here? So um, take your time. There's no rush. Uh, and then there are three things that you need to be really, really good in this industry. Just three. Keep it simple. Don't get all twisted and wrecked, whatever the hell people do. You need the intangibles. So some people have it, some people don't, right? Some people are honest, some people aren't. Some people are, you know, people of integrity. Some people, you know, some people have, uh, they're dependable. We always hire for the intangibles. I don't. I can teach you security stuff. I can't teach you to be a good person. So intangibles is number one. The second thing is experience. Um, now let's go education. The second thing is education. So that's the book smarts, right? Lots of ways to do that. You don't have to get a degree. I don't know who, you know, if anybody ever told you you have to have a degree in this industry, most of the people I know who are really good don't have degrees. You can get experience from books, uh, online courses, uh, seminars. There's lots of ways to get, you know, education. And then the third is experience. And that's the one you can't rush. It does take time. You just have to be there. You have to, you know, take the, I mean, me, Chris, Ryan, we've taken a hell of a beating. But that's what makes us good. You know, if we wouldn't have taken the beatings, we wouldn't have known what it feels like to be here. Uh, So that's what I would tell people. One, take your time. Two, there are three things it takes to be good in this industry. Intangibles, education, and experience. Don't try to put one ahead of the other. They're all, you know, almost equally important. For me, I'd love to learn more technically. Where can I go do that? I know I've been listening to you and Ryan on your YouTube channel, but if I want to really kind of hone in and become technically literate so I understand the basics, like what's the basic of the basic that a cybersecurity marketer should know apart from if you're on the vendor side, what you are trying to sell and, and create in the industry, what in your opinion are the fundamental pillars? Well, I would start, I mean, from a technical perspective. So information security isn't just technical, but we you know, right. people should know that. Uh, yeah. What I tell people is hack yourself. Mm-hmm. You got a home network, right? And God knows what you got running on your home network. Why don't you start, you know, poking around on that? The average person, I think, in the United States today has 13 devices on their local home network. Well, that's 13 targets. I mean, go at it. First of all, identify what they are. You know, so, you mm-hmm. know, r- run some NMAP on your workstation and, you know, do some some port scans. And, you know, that might be the first time you've ever done NMAP. But you're, at least you're doing it on home network, one that you own, versus doing it on somebody else's. Uh, you know, and if you hack yourself and you totally take yourself offline, just call your ISP. They'll put you back together again. I mean, they're used to people like you. Uh, but I, I would say that, you know, hack the crap out of yourself. Hack your, you know, see if you can get into your, you know, your satellite dish, whatever the hell thing that is. And um, because you learn a lot doing that. And I don't have to worry mm-hmm. about if I'm going to get in trouble for it. Mm-hmm. It's the same stuff. I mean, a network is a network. IP, TCP IP is the same TCP IP as it was when I first learned what TCP IP was. You know, so, you know, how an IP address works, the ports, um, 
most of the services that are listening on the other side of the ports are basically doing the same things. Um, yeah, I mean, the same things that you're doing, the same thing running at home is the same stuff running in the enterprise. It's just at a much greater scale and a hell of a lot more complexity. Mm-hmm. Evan, this has been totally awesome. I appreciate you taking the time literally in the middle of your night, um, though your background is yeah. divine and so, so luxurious. Is, is that where the house is? Yeah, Puerto Vallarta. Man, I'm, I don't know why I'm doing here in Minnesota. This is dumb. Oh, my goodness. I've, I've been to Minnesota once for an for NCAA championship, and I don't think I'll ever go back because it was so damn cold. I don't know why people I don't know why people come here in the winter. It's like, oh my God, it's 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 hell. Yeah. It's hell. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, thanks again. And this has been another great episode of Audience First. Evan, we will definitely have you back on the show. Thank you. You have a good night. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Audience First. If you like what you've heard, feel free to follow or subscribe to Audience First on Apple, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcast streamers.